This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Great offensive line, a talented <laughs> defense, an awesome running back. They don't ask very much of him. So if I'm Baker Mayfield or his rep- representative, get healthy. Get healthy mm-hmm. and pray that they don't get anybody else out here to ruin this perfect situation for you. Because the point that you made earlier, like you were not disparaging McDonald's hamburgers, but you're saying that it is not quite a top shelf steakhouse. Baker, just be a burger, baby. That's all you got to be is be a burger. You just got to be a burger next year. And they're going to be so happy because you're right. They are unhoused. They are starving. The, the, um, the Cleveland Browns fan. They ain't got the no rules. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns um, organization. They ain't in a minute. You gave them a little taste last year when you won a playoff yeah. game. And they was tall talking about, yeah, sign them up. And now they try to get rid of you. All you got to do, come back next year, be a full burger. You're going to get a big deal. And everything's going to be all right. That's it. Going from a single patty to a double patty, right? That's it. There yeah. you go. Add some cheese. No, no, don't add no cheese. Getting carried right, away. That's well, what yeah. Carson Wentz goes wrong. He try to add some cheese and end up getting intercepted. <laughs> Your feet. Oh, my God. What a way to end a season. So, so here's what we're calling this. It's this. It's the end of season double live Brownzo loser palooza something something long name. That sound good? Okay. There okay. you go. All right. The season ending double live Brownzo loser palooza something something long name. Yeah. Cause, cause why not? Cause why not? Um. Anyway, we did not. We did not podcast after the uh, the loss to the Steelers. Cause what the fuck? It was the. Why don't we just get it out of the way? Right. And do them both at the same time. And turns out, Browns won their last game of the season. Wouldn't you know? And uh, Jeff, yeah. how many times did they run that damn ball? I think it was 40, 41, yeah, 40, 41, 41 runs. Who'd have thought that that was a formula for success for with the winning. Cleveland Browns, right? Anyway, oh, yeah. a lot to I, unwrap here, guys. A lot to unwrap here. Um, and I'm going to go straight, straight to uh, the TBF Nation. Um, Look, you two guys talk while I go get my iPad. Forgot my iPad. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll be right back. Well, yeah, what's happening, Jeff? Not much. Um, yeah, still. Did you watch yeah. the game? Oh yeah, I watched it. Yeah. I, I um, you know, it's just I, I, I guess 
that Chubb was hurt, but at the same time, I, I'm just wondering, was he really hurt? You guys game? better be we talking Browns. On him, but they gave Durance Johnson the ball 25, if not more. Well, I mean, I'm fine with that. Okay, I was so, more. So here we here we go, guys. Straight from the pages of the TBF Nation Flipboard magazine, what you're going to get here is a, a mix of a bunch of stuff. But, but guys, you know what the big problem in Cleveland has been, right? All along, we didn't know it. Right. You heard about it, right? John Johnson yeah. III told everybody. Yeah. They need a, they need a yoga instructor. It's going to make oh. everything better. Yeah, John Johnson the third thinks the Browns could use some down-facing dogs next season to help them prevent soft tissue and other injuries. And everybody uh, knows that if it wasn't for the soft tissue injuries, why the Browns would have been fine. <laughs> you never know. He yeah. might have a little bit of a point. Who knows? I well, no, he may. He may, but I don't know if the down dogs are going to help, really. They need some sub, they need some kind of dogs. They upward. they do they do they do. Now, it, there's a there's a couple things to unpack here, and one is that behind that Steelers loss that we didn't cover, right? Right. And behind the Packers right. loss, Baker Mayfield had some major misgivings about play calling and the use of a, a first time starting guard. Okay, I mean, Harrison was it? Yeah, I can't remember yeah, who it was, but they were leaving him one on one with TJ Watt. Right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Baker took great exception to that, and I would have too. And in in play calling philosophy, and so then Mary Kay Cabot comes out with a story about there's a big rift of uh, understanding between Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield said, no, nah, it's clickbait. This woman don't know what the fuck she's talking about. And she's always trying to stir up drama. And then consequently after that bunch of Brown's past quarterbacks, none of who can hang their head on the fact that they've, they're great quarterbacks. Okay. So let's just be fair. Um, but they all said, yeah, yeah, that's Mary Kay. She's been doing that ever fucking since. Right. Okay, and we have talked I'm about not it. your puppet. Yeah, but we have talked about that on this podcast here, both in its first incarnation as this Browns fans podcast, and now TBF a Browns fan, a Browns fans podcast, where the home and garden reporter for the Cleveland Browns, Mary Kay Cabot, doesn't understand. It doesn't appear anything but drama. It is clickbait. Come on. She works for a fucking newspaper. Guys, let's just be honest. Newspapers are dead. And the only thing they got is their websites. And the only way they got to draw you to their website is controversy. Yep. Right. So, Nobody wants to think about that, though. And it was Nobody James. To really think about that. Yeah, yeah. It was no. James Hudson. Sorry. Yeah. And, 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 and furthermore. What, you know, the, the idea that our press in Cleveland, Mary Kay Cabot in specific, okay, she never covered a winning Browns team, guys. She doesn't know how to cover a winning team. Cooperative press is not the, is not the market in Cleveland. 
Newspapers are dying and they want anything to draw eyes. And if it's failure of the football team that makes them money, they're perfectly fucking happy with it. Right. Okay. So just be clear that the, the plain dealer don't have the Browns best interests in mind, nor vice versa. <clears throat> the only one who's actually halfway fair is Terry Pluto. Well, yeah, but Terry Pluto says it point blank and simple. And I, I suggest everybody listen to the latest episode of Terry's podcast, Terry's Talking, okay, in which he covers the deal with Baker Mayfield and how the Browns have many options at quarterback. Three things the Browns and Mayfield could do to end the drama, okay? Right. Yeah. And by the way, this is one of the best points, too. It's like, you know, all this stuff going around. And it's like, real. it's real simple. Baker could end the stuff on his side by just saying, just have a press conference. Say, you know what? I've sat down. I've talked with Kevin. I got complete faith in him. He's my head coach. And I, I love it. Okay. And Kevin Stefanski, for his part, could say, you know what? I sat down and talked with Baker Mayfield. You know, that's my quarterback, man. Long term. I think he's the guy that's going to get us to the Super Bowl. And then Andrew Barry could double down and say, that's right. And give him his contract. But ain't none of that happening, guys. And that's not happening no. for a reason. And we all know what that reason is. Is that yep. despite despite the 2020 playoff run, regression occurred in Cleveland and specifically at the quarterback spot. Not like it wasn't in other areas, but definitely and specifically at the quarterback spot. You could say it was due to injury. You could say it due to anything you want to. But if you look at the production from the quarterback spot, we were down in 21. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Yep. Now, this is a what have you done for me lately, Lee? Okay. Don't nobody give a damn that you gave them their first playoff appearance in 26 years or whatever the fuck it was. And, you know, it was, it was a long time. Okay. Um, first playoff win in 26 years, first playoff appearance in like 20. Okay. But, you know, because remember, the Browns made it to the playoffs under Butch Davis, but lost first round. Right. Now, in Bill Belichick's reign, before they left and went to Baltimore, they won a playoff game and then lost second round against the Steelers. Right. Okay. So what, what the Browns did in 2020 was replicate that 26-year-old performance. They won a game and lost a game, and that was it. And, and, and natural expectations of team, fan base, everybody, was they were going to get better because they were stacked. The roster was stacked, and their quarterback looked good. It doesn't matter how good Baker Mayfield plays, he's still going to have his detractors. But bad play increases <clears throat> that number, and it increases the volume. But what the Browns did, right. what the Browns did against the Steelers uh, was, was nigh on close to unforgivable. Okay. That was such a winnable game. And everybody came out just like at the beginning of the Packers game. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And saying, this is going to be a Nick Chubb night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they ran him 16 times. Okay. And there is no way that anybody can run their running back 16 times and then tell you we were focused on the run because that's bullshit. 
I do not remember Chubb. It's good that they ran Dearness Johnson the 25 times. That's what we want Chubb to get the ball. I don't remember him ever getting the ball 25 times or more. I don't ever remember that. Did that happen ever? Well, I'm not going to tell you it didn't happen. How many times did he get the ball against? Well, he, he had a couple of games this season with that, but not very many. Most of them were cut at the 20, 21, 18, oh, no. 17. Most of them were cut at 15, 16 to 18, 16 yeah. to 18. But what well, I'm saying, average. if he hit 20 at all, he barely hit it, nor was like one over. He didn't, not very much at all, did he get the 25. Um, it's, I don't know. The Obviously, the game with the Steelers, I was annoyed. Um, we To me, we lost the game purely because we didn't run a balanced offense. Like, honestly, I feel like we would have won the game had we run a balanced offense. Then yeah, you so- skip to the last game, and I actually cut it off at one point, not because I wasn't happy the Browns were winning. I actually was, but in the same token, it was to me, it was like, it was a symbol of like, man, if we'd have already been doing this. Right. But, but I still, I, I, I got to wonder about Kevin Stefanski and Nick Chubb's relationship. Why won't he give him the ball? Well, he, only ran, he, he only ran Chubb nine times. <clears throat> they swear that he has a calf still and a rib. That's what they're saying. Yeah, but okay. The injury part. I don't believe a it. Calf and, well, that's regardless. If he has a calf and an injury mm-hmm. now, calf and a rib now, that has nothing to do with the first half of the season. They did the same thing. This is not like it just started happening and they're not running him. Right. So like right they didn't right. run him all season. Okay. But the point is that he still got almost 1300 yards. Right. Well, here's the point though. You can, I think they're trying to preserve him. Okay. But you can't end the issue. There's games where you're only going to run him 17, 15 times and win. And cause that's all you're going to need him. That, that happens. That can happen with Derrick Henry. Okay. But a game where it's like, your the running game is wide open and you are you're you've got him 17 carries deep and he's averaging six yards a carry and it's a straight up run game. You run it and win it, run it yep. in, in the game. Yep. Save him the next his... game when you don't need him like that. Save him the next game. Win that game. Run it in. I think he had a long of like what 35 or something like that. Yeah. Well, I say we go straight to the words that a guy what built this team or is charged with building this team now and into the future. And that is Andrew Barry. All right, Kevin. No, oh, Andrew, Andrew Barry. Come on, Andrew. Okay. On on and 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 by the way, here here was his opening statement. I actually wanted to start off by just thanking our players, coaches, and football staff for all the time and energy they put into this last season. Look. We did not get the job done this year, and we are all disappointed. We did not meet our own internal expectations and in that we are not playing meaningful football this weekend. Ultimately, we were, and, oh, no, and that our, and, I, don't, I don't get how that sentence went together, but, you know, this is a transcript. It's just as he said it. Ultimately, we were just too inconsistent in really all three phases throughout the season. Again, we're all disappointed that we did not reach our goals this year. That being said, 
We do believe that we have a lot of core pieces on the roster and within football operations that would allow us to have success moving forward. Um, and here's the interesting thing. So on if quarterback Baker Mayfield is expected to be the Browns starting quarterback in 2022, simple sentence is the answer. We fully expect Baker Mayfield to be our starting, be our starter and bounce back. I think Kevin mentioned this yesterday. So yes. Um, now there was a question. I'm trying to get to that one. Cause I want you guys to hear the answer to this. <laughs> on if the Browns feel a need to bring in another quarterback to push Mayfield. I've mentioned this before in terms of how we look at the offseason. We do not go into it and say, hey, we're just going to target certain positions. We scout and look at player availability as we have on an expansion, as, as if we have an expansion team. So the way we go about adding competition or improving the talent base on the and the roster is largely, maybe not wholly, but largely independent of who is currently on the team. So, yes, they're going to bring in competition. That's the short answer for that. Okay? Right. The chemistry and the offense okay. and the defensive players. <clears throat> well, by the way, don't you want a guy that's ready to go if Baker falters? Yeah. And, yes, they definitely should do that. I don't, I'm not opposed to them drafting a guy three, four, five, and just keeping him there. And I'm also not opposed to them just going ahead and saying, look, Bakers are starting quarterback next year entirely. That's what we plan on. Then just draft a guy four, five, six. Okay. That shouldn't offend Baker. Okay. They get to draft their needs and then still draft a quarterback somewhere. You know what I mean? And then if Baker goes out and he comes in, that's all Baker's fault. Okay. If the guy gets to come in and actually show he's anything, it would be all on Baker because he shouldn't come in. Okay, so I, I don't think that's unfair. I, I think the way they stated everything is very fair. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, and I, I think they're saying exactly what they need to say, but I don't, I don't listen. First of all, I don't think that detractors of Baker Mayfield need to read between the lines and say, oh, yeah, the Browns are getting a new quarterback. Yeah, I don't no, think support, I don't think that either. But I don't think supporters of Baker Mayfield need to sit comfortable with these statements and say Baker's our guy and he's not in danger at all. Okay. Right. It's a very neutral statement they gave. They gave a very <clears throat> neutral statement. They gave, it, like, it really is. And while I can't find the exact, oh, ah, on if the Browns will discuss during the offseason whether it is best for Stefanski to remain the offensive play caller. Yeah, because Terry Pluto was out there saying that okay. that's probably not going to happen, that well, he's going to stay. Well, listen to I, Andrew. Okay, this is Andrew Barry saying what he has to say about that. Fuck Terry Pluto, okay? This is the guy okay. what makes the decisions, okay? And here's what he said. Mentioned it a little bit earlier in terms of looking at everything because we really do have to go through everything because we did not meet our level of expectations this year. That all being said, I feel good about Kevin as a play caller. I think that it is something that is one of his strengths. There are a lot of things that we will need to improve over the next several months, and it really has to work together. I don't think that any one thing or any sil- there is any one thing or any silver bullet. That is why we're going to tear it apart and plot the best path to go, whether it is the per- whether it is personnel wise, schematically wise 
or operationally with an eye towards improvement in 2022. So, so what he's telling you is, <clears throat> look, one of the reasons we hired Kevin Stefanski is because we thought he was a good play caller. Now, nothing's off the table. We're going to change what we need to change to get better. And if that's what we need to change, by golly, goddamn it, we'll change it. But again, everybody wants answers about what's going to happen this spring and summer now. And you know what? You're not going to know until no, no. this spring and summer. Yeah. Not going to know. You want to know what's going to happen <clears throat> in free agency? Right. Wait till March. Okay. You can speculate about who's going to be available and all that jazz if you like, but you don't know. But how about this? Bottom line. How about this? What if the Saints come to Brown to the Browns with a package and wanting Baker Mayfield? Hmm? This did you say the Saints? Yes, I did. <sighs> And what are we getting a quarterback in the package? Hell no. The Saints don't have a quarterback. That's why they want Baker Mayfield. I just, I'm of the opinion you don't give up Baker unless you know what you're replacing him with. Unless, well, right, exactly. exactly. Well, that's right. That's right. Because if you look at the draft this year, I don't know that there's a quarterback you really want. No. And if you, if you was to trade Baker Mayfield away for a bunch of draft picks, you got to pick up a quarterback somewhere. So who do you want? Do you want Jameis Winston? Do you want, uh, oh, I guess I suppose the Saints could trade you Taysom Hill. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, and the thing about some of that is like, you could, we could sit here and say like, oh, we could get through it with Jameis Winston. Look at the picks we threw this year. Yeah. But then Jameis Winston, you're going to have to have a system that, that, you're planning for big plays. You know what well, I mean? And Jameis Winston really is a good Jameis, bad Jameis kind of quarterback, too. When he's good, right. he's great, and he just ain't that great all that often. That's the problem. Right. Yep. I mean, keep in mind, Jameis Winston is a classic example of what can happen to a guy drafted number one overall. See, That's when you're drafted number Anderson. one overall as a quarterback, you're expected to turn a franchise around, a la Andrew Luck. And by the way, Bortles, Mark Bortles, by, uh, no, Blake Bortles, but see, Blake, Blake, Bortles. Blake Bortles failed at that. I'm talking about a guy right. that succeeded. Right. Okay. I'm oh, talking okay. about a, a number well, one draft pick. Comparison I'm is talking similar. about, see, all, all, all year long, the year the Colts got the number one draft pick, it was suck for luck. Okay. Right. We're going to suck for luck. Everybody knew they were, oh, we, we ain't going to win no games this year because we going to get Andrew Luck. Okay. We, right. And everybody, that was one of the mirrors that everybody knew that Andrew Luck was going to be the number one draft pick. It didn't matter who was picking one, they were going to get Andrew Luck. Because Andrew Luck was so valuable and so coveted that even if you didn't need a quarterback, you draft that some bitch and you trade him for a bunch of stuff. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, now, did anybody watch the national championship game the other day? I did. Did you watch any of the pregame stuff? No. Oh, you should go go take a look at Andrew Luck, who RG3 and Andrew Luck basically had a little back and forth. They were on the field talking to each other, giving the quarterback's advice, basically. Okay. And Andrew Luck is a shadow of his former self in terms of girth. And uh, he's lost the beard and just has a mustache now. 
And uh, okay. and and RG three said, "So what you been doing? We ain't seen you in a while." And he said, "Daddy duty," and I'm loving every minute of it. It's worth every minute. But dude, there dude, just drop some weight. He's he's a thin guy now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm wrong with that. And you know his that daddy. Happens. His daddy. His daddy is from from Cleveland, Ohio. The Lux originate from there. Okay, they're tech. They're Texans now. But there you go. Um, so, Jeff, I, you know, when you were talking earlier, you mentioned getting four, five, six, whatever. You, you know, the Browns aren't drafted till 13, right? Yeah, I didn't. No, he's I talking fourth, fifth, or sixth round. No, I'm talking about Oh, oh okay. Not, okay. Not, not bad. actual okay. pick. I'm talking yeah. about round. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no. You can take a late quarterback and they still be good. He's, if we're planning on this guy to sit anyway, you can take a quarterback in the third, fourth, fifth. Doesn't matter what the round. If you have, if you see anything in him that's any kind of tools or whatever they can develop, draft him, put him on the bench. You know what I mean? At worst mm-hmm. case, he ends up getting in there what later in the season because whatever. And if he shows signs of whatever, hey, we may even have an instance. What remember the whole Drew. Bledsoe thing and Brady. Brady wasn't supposed to get on you know, on the field. Okay, I will say right. this: I think there is in a, a, a an extremely good case to be made for Nick Mullins being promoted to second string quarterback. Right. No, and he. I'll I'll say this for Mullins. Okay. Because we even have the game here with Case Keenum. And I've been saying this about the offense. The offense this year, and I think the thing they need to work on is not that I think they should change it entirely, but it needs more big play potential. Okay? Not necessarily all the time, but it needs to take advantage. Like, if we're running, we're running good. It needs to take advantage of play is it action. Nick Mullins or okay? Chris Mullins? It's, it's Mullins. We it's, know that. I think it's Nick. <clears throat> I have to look it up, though. Um, yeah, I would. I, I do too. I but Mullins that. played. Mullins played a a very safe game, and the offense allowed him to play the safe game. I think Mullins is actually out of every game this season. Okay, even the first game that Case Keenum came in, his game is a better example of actually what our offense was. I know. Van Pelt called the game, but the actual play calling wasn't much different than what we were already doing. Okay. We still passed on first down. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, we still passed on first down. But what it did show <clears throat> you is that we play a very safe offense. Okay. Yeah. And we don't take too many chances. Do we take more chances than we do did with uh, with Chris Mullins? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Generally. With Baker, we generally do take some more chances, but not really that many. Okay. Everything is played very safe. And to me, if you're running an offense like that, where it's played so safe, I understand even less why we won't run the ball more. Okay. Because a a defense at some point, you know what I mean? Can defend that. You're not making them have to do anything. You know what I mean? Like if a team is blitzing you, like at the end of one of those games, was that the um, Pittsburgh game? At the end of it, we, they blitzed us two times at yeah. the end. Yes. Okay. If they're blitzing you like that, you know what I mean? What do you generally do? You 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 either have to make them cover, okay? Right? 
Right. Well, if they blitz you, somebody, yeah, you I'll be honest with you. Cover. I'll be honest with you. Or if they you blitz win you, the ball. No, if they <clears> blitz <throat> you, you're supposed to have a goddamn receiver that can get fucking open. That's okay. what I'm saying. Yeah, I, okay. I was saying you got to get open. Yeah. But you, that's what I'm saying. You got to make them cover you. You can't with safe, silly routes, though. But we if don't have every one, route is to but, be. But but here's the problem in Cleveland. We don't have a legitimate number one receiver. No, we don't. Yeah, and Donovan Peoples Jones is not it. As good as he is, no, he's not that he, good. He's, not, he's not that good. Yeah. He can get open, but I'm not sure if he can catch that well. And, and listen, dude. that defies that defies what I saw in the <clears throat> previous season because some of the most fantastic and difficult catches made by a Browns receiver in 2020 were made by Donovan Peoples Jones, and he had a breakout game this year against Cincinnati week after Odell left. Okay. Right. But I mean, that was it. You, that was it, man. That was it. Right. That, you saw the future and then they ripped it away from you. Right. Because, I mean, the whole reason you don't blitz guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers all the time is because if a guy's open, he's picking you apart. Every time he's going to hit him, hit him, hit him. Right. Okay. And if he's not hitting somebody because he's passing, they're running the ball. Okay. Yeah. And the, yeah. so the blitz is a, is a risk. Right. If, we sit well, here, we got true. blitz three times straight. We know a blitz is coming. And didn't we, we got get to be sacked able to beat all that. three times? We got sacked all three times. You got, we got to beat that. You can't, you can't lose a drive at the end of the game because well, the other team just blitzed you. Needless like, to say, Andrew Berry also went on to say that, look, our failure <clears> wasn't just <throat> on offense. No, no, it wasn't not just only on that. Offense. It was it was a lot of injury. Our our yeah. statistically, I was reading an article. Sorry, somehow or another, I didn't flip it into the magazine. But the Browns' offensive line, from a percentage standpoint of time, was injured more often and more than any other team in the league. Okay. Uh, I can believe that. I can believe that. They 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 didn't have their starting five for a majority of games this year. Okay, but here's my counter to that, because it's gonna keep coming to this for me. Okay. Number one, your quarterback's injured, your offensive line is injured, but you're maintaining a high average on running. We made the season hard for ourselves still by not running the ball. Okay. And Defense, okay? Now, was our defense playing as good as we expected it to? No. Was it bad? It was far from bad, okay? We had a we had a better than an average defense this year. Not the top 10, top tier defense that we wanted, okay? But we were right outside of the top 10. Right. Okay? We weren't right. way down there. Our defense was not bad. How do you help that? You run the ball. To you take run the freaking ball. The clock. Look, what was the title of the last podcast? Just run the damn ball. Right. You take you run the ball to take time off of the clock so your defense has an advantage. Who knows if we wouldn't have had okay. we wouldn't have broke top ten but, if we ran but, the ball more. But I, and I and again, I trust that Andrew Barry's gonna do the right things, but somebody needs to put a foot mm-hmm. up Kevin Stefanski's ass on this one. All right. Some serious conversations. Some serious conversations have to be had this offseason between Stefanski, the general manager, and the owner, where he knows under no 
uncertain terms, will the imbalance and the skew toward the passing game be acceptable as long as we have running backs that average over five yards a carry? Why aren't we using them to set up the actual passing game? Right. And you don't use your running. You are patently not using your running game to set up the passing game when you traditionally and most often pass on first down. Right. I'm not saying you always got to run on first down, but there needs to be an expectation from the other team that you might. So we always pass on first down. And we pass without a back in the backfield. Uh, the empty, the empty formation is not useful in Cleveland. I understand yeah. why they do it. Listen, when they go empty, when a team goes empty, they do it to spread the defense out and make it easier to read what they're doing. You understand right. what the empty formation is for. That's what it's exactly. for. But it doesn't appear to do a goddamn thing for Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> Except tip the fact that, Hey, they're not running this down. Okay. Not, you know, you know I think that uh, Baker should get a, uh, we should get a good quarterback coach for Baker and he should be open. Well, to come that. on, man. Alex Van Pelt was fucking Aaron Rodgers quarterback coach for his entire career until green Bay, let him go. And, and Aaron Rodgers oh. was pissed about it. So Baker Mayfield's got the quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers. What the fuck else do we need? Okay, I was going to suggest something else, but I didn't know that that's what what that was. Okay. Yeah. All righty then. (laughs) Well, you got to believe he's saying something to Baker. I mean. I don't know. know, I mean. I mean, I got got news coming out now about the defense and the offense. Didn't even talk to each other in the locker room. Well, here's my thing. Well, you know what? I'm I'm just going to say this. If you're the defense for the Browns, like I said, I'm not saying that they don't have they didn't have their own things that they didn't do. They could have done better. Right. Right. But you could see the frustration sometimes with like that one game. What game was that? That was it was the Pittsburgh game, the Pittsburgh game. Clowney and Miles Garrett were was Clowney in that one. No, no. It's so that's not the game. But there was one of the games. Oh, it was Green Bay. Maybe okay. it was Green Bay. No, but Clowney wasn't there. No, Clowney wasn't Clowney in that didn't one. show up until it was Cincy. the last one. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was maybe it was the last one he was in before he went out for with COVID. Okay, we had a Saturday night game or something okay. like that. Um, but anyway, you can see they were both frustrated. Okay, they were barely not getting to the quarterback. They were barely not stopping these guys. But. Well, maybe it was. Was it Pittsburgh? On the field. Was it Pittsburgh? Because is that the one he threw the shoe? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because my thing is this: if you look at how long they're on the field unnecessarily, right. we get the ball and we go straight up three and out. Punt the ball. Punt the ball. Straight up three and out, and then we have a long drive. It's just ridiculous to have the running game the Browns have and to have that happen. It is. It's, yeah. it's, it's, listen, somebody, some, listen, and I understand when it goes bad, it can go bad in many ways and things get out of control. <laughs> Having said that, here were the Browns. They were a 500 team all year, guys. Whether you like it or not, that's what they were. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> and they <sighs> ended up they ended up a game below five hundred because it's an odd it's an odd season. They could have been a game above five hundred, which wouldn't have made a fucking bit of difference, I might add. Or would it? If we'd have beat Pittsburgh, would we have been playing for something? Yeah. Yeah. And the way the week the way the weekend went, it might be it might be us playing the Chiefs. Well, well here, look the at Steelers. This. Look at just in the Pittsburgh game, right? What did mm-hmm. Pittsburgh do? Pittsburgh ran 40 plus something times against us. Yeah, Nazi had on yeah they were doing Nazi exactly a, what we wanted compared, the Browns to do. Right. Remember, in the commentary, even compared Najee to Chubb. Mm-hmm. And there he's you go. They're running the ball all over us and they're comparing him to the guy he's beating on the other field. They can't get a fucking. Attempt. Yeah, it's 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 both, frustrating. Both substantial stiff arms. And oh, God, it was great. Yeah, they're comparing him to the guy that guys, on the I got to take this call. Guys, I got to take this call. OK, gotcha. there's going to be a pause in the podcast. Oh, hold on. Hey, Randy, how's it going? I'm all trying to do things here. OK. Oh, okay. I got uh, you there. I did email the prosecutor. Okay. And they were aware of the felony or the federal disposition. They weren't aware of it? Okay. God bless them. Okay. You understand this is a complete Yeah. Uh huh. They have the reason for the champion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Uh huh. So, did they communicate back to you at all, or anything in terms of what are they going to communicate with the federal prison to say? I mean, what are they going to do? Because, I mean, I, you know, we literally. I didn't even know that she'd been sentenced, so I told you she'd been sentenced. Okay. When, what, what, I mean, but what does that mean, Randy? I don't know what that means. It's back in their court. I, means the judge said she's got, a, she's pled guilty, whatever. This is her sentence. She's got too much time. Uh-huh. That's the sentence. So I sentence you to life. No, I understand that, and that's what she's serving now at the federal prison. Right. Well, you think you might send you to federal prison? You think they would understand that you go to federal prison without being found guilty? Right. But these are young prosecutors. They don't. Okay. Well, see, because I had the, I had the, uh, the probation people from federal. They're preparing. They want to release her to a halfway house. Okay. Before before then but they we got to get somebody from that prosecutor's office to communicate with the federal prison system to say hey what are they going to do about this case this dead docketed case oh okay good okay so that's what you've asked them for and they didn't respond positively or negatively i assume they didn't know they wanted to know whether she i got you God bless them. Okay. So generally speaking, how quickly do they get back to you on that kind of stuff? Well, it's easy to get back to me, but making any progress, 
positive way that I got you. I got you. Well, but but not, just now, this is just asking. Can't hold you to it, and I understand because these are people outside you. But does the prognosis look good? And maybe if we don't get her home early to a halfway house, but by March fifteenth, we might have her out the woods where they can actually release her to her probationary place here. Because I mean, you know, lady, like I said, federal federal uh, probation people came by today, and they wonder, you know. Toured the house, yeah. They toured the house and everything. Told us what the conditions would be and all that. But, uh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. They. Yes, yeah, sir. No doubt about it. So. Uh, okay. I appreciate your time, Randy. Thank you so much. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right. All right. So, all right. I know the time now in the recording to come back and, you know, edit that out. So I'm good. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. So that, that was Randy Schmidt. That's Deidre's lawyer. Okay. Gotcha. And basically the reason he's calling me is because the prison told Deidre that basically Chatham County was telling them that, well, we dead docketed that case because we couldn't find her. You couldn't find her. You had her on fucking house arrest for a year at this house right here. And you send somebody by every three weeks to drug test her. What the fuck do you mean? (laughs) And the the prosecutors act like, oh, wow. Well, they've had significant turnover in the prosecutor's office. Okay. Oh, I bet. We, we, elected, we elected a new DA, and just like anybody else who runs an organization, they're going to bring their own people in. Okay? And, and then you got COVID and all that shit as well. Okay? <clears throat> right, but that's right, okay. right, right, right. We talked to Deidre today, and she seems to be doing good. She's just scared right now because, you know, COVID in a prison. Come on. You will yeah. be too. Okay? So, anyway, let's start talking Browns again. All right. Did you see what I sent you, Jeff? Yes. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, that's been going around. I'm not saying I think they should. You, you, um, you, 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 you tell you tell us about it. What do you um, know? Anything supposed to be a, that's a first round. I do not think the Browns. Not first round. That's yeah, yeah. That is first round. No, that's the first round. I think so. I 13, do not think 13th the Browns, pick, though. I don't. I still do not think the Browns should use a first round pick on a quarterback. I don't think here's so. my reason why. Here's my reason why. Okay. If the Browns are going to use a first round pick on the quarterback, they need to go ahead and come out and say to Baker that we're not sold on you, man. That's not what they just till, said. Basically, the Browns the, just came out. Till, tell yeah. Paul the name. Tell Paul the name real quick so he knows what we're talking about. This is. uh. Pickett. Kenneth Pickett. Yeah. You're talking about the Georgia yeah. quarterback? Pittsburgh. Who's Kenneth Pickett? I mean supposed to be supposed to be a good a good guy. Six three, two twenty. Pittsburgh. Are you talking I'm about the college Pittsburgh? Yes. Yeah. Oh, who yes. gives it? No, fuck no. Hell no. Okay. Now, here's my first here's of all, there look, first of all, let's just be very clear. If you want to go look at scouting on quarterbacks this year, 
dude, there might not be a quarterback picked in the first round this year. That's the yeah. quality of the quarterback class. Wow. No, I will say you had Alabama starting a red shirt freshman. Right. Well, and right. I, I want to add this to that. Okay. Now, do I want to knock this guy and say he won't be anything? There has been some gold that comes out of some of these drafts where they're like, there's no quarterbacks. Okay. <clears throat> there's been gold coming out of them, but it's usually like one or two guys. Right. And they usually one. get picked late first or late. early second. Right. They're usually picked later. Okay. And Here's right. my here's my and that's why I was saying the Browns in no way, shape or form should go into this draft. Their first picks should be either offensive linemen to sure up the line. OK, a cornerback, a OK, receiver or a receiver. I'm going to what I want. What I was actually going to say receiver was going to be my next one. I want a receiver. I want them in their first pick to pick the best freaking receiver they can pick. OK. So that you, you yep. go out there and you basically are like, Baker, we drafted you a number one. Okay. Right. You got Landry and a number one. And you what would have been nice. What would have been nice. People. What would have been nice is if the Browns had done what the Bengals did. Okay. You draft Baker in 2018. Why didn't she go your ass out there and get his favorite fucking receiver off of Oklahoma the next year? Um, yeah, they could have did that. Yeah, they could have done that. Well, they could have tried. I mean, you know, but Joey Burrow, he got Jamar Chase. And I'll just say this. I don't know who Baker's favorite guy was or any of that. And I don't know what the specifics were. And there's probably all kind of reasons why it didn't get done or couldn't get done. But why not find out from your quarterback, hey, who who you want to throw to? Yeah. I mean, there's guys in the draft that are receivers in the draft that, I mean, one I mean, I didn't watch too many teams. How about that Georgia receiver that I saw catch that touchdown? <laughs> yeah, I, I liked yeah, him. He is. And then the two better Georgia receivers weren't even in the game. And there you go. Oh, no. Sorry. That's not Georgia. No, that's, that's, that, that was, that's Alabama. That didn't Bama, have their yeah. two receivers. Sorry. That's Alabama. There's a receiver from Arkansas, Burks, that's really good. Very good hands. There's too many options at receiver for in this draft. The first pick for the Browns should be receiver. The second pick should probably be cornerback. Okay. Unless there's a clear offense alignment that you, they like, you know what I mean? Right. And then an offense alignment to put and shore up, you know what I mean? Against injuries or whatever else for that offensive line. Okay. Or whatever improvements they want to make. Okay. And, and from there, you just do from there. I think they should probably draft a quarterback it doesn't have to be the next pick but do the best guy on the board that you think they can help the team but those to me are their biggest needs you know what i mean maybe mm -hmm. that linebacker should probably be in there too um, okay but i the cornerback i don't know if i don't really know what the defense whether quarterback or linebacker is more pressing or if there's mm -hmm. something more than that but if i'm going to go from the season and the fact that we had so many injuries in the secondary okay and if we got another quality corner, it would like shore us up. You know what I mean? Really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, here, here's two things. One, one's a little housekeeping guys. I'm going to give you guys an idea of when we're getting on to an hour. Cause I want to be off on time tonight. Cause I okay. want to be, I want to be sat down with a plate, plate of cookies and a glass of milk to watch the Cavs game. 
That's right. Oh, okay. So we yeah. have about fifteen minutes. No, yeah, yeah. We're we're on we're 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 going on like we're forty five minutes in now. Yeah. Yeah. So um but I don't want you guys to miss making any points you want to make. So please, um, I don't think we need to talk in specifics about the individual games. I don't think there's anything to be gained except the one thing that I told you guys. And, and I do think that the Browns understood it very, very intimately. I mean, that's why Kevin Stefanski came out the Friday before the game with praise for Baker Mayfield. And we're shutting him down, and he's going to get the surgery. And I, I'm not. I actually like that they but, went ahead and but, did that. Oh, I do too. But, but, yeah. but then, then Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski come out after the game again, praise for Baker Mayfield because what did they do? They came out there with Case Keenum starting against the Bengals, and they ran the ball with a purpose. Okay, right. They didn't, and they had a balanced game. When you balanced go look game, at those 40 stats, something forty something. Yeah, <clears throat> when you look at those stats, they were completely balanced in terms of the amount of passes. Okay, actually, no, they were they were run heavy. Heavy, yeah. They passed the ball twenty four times. They by plan ran the ball. 34 times okay because i don't i'm not going to consider the end arounds with schwartz and felton while those are technically running plays guys those really kind of are executed on downs where you're you're making them think you're passing okay right um Mm -hmm. and case keenum's five runs were because he was running for his fucking life okay they weren't designed runs but they 25 handoffs to johnson Nine to Chubb. That is 34. Okay. And they passed the ball 24 times. So the exact opposite of what they've been doing all year. And they won the fucking game. Amazing. Right. (laughs) And and I want to, other points I want to bring up from that is, uh, um, they can do that same thing with Baker. Keenum made mistakes. It wasn't like Keenum played perfect. Yes. Keenum had a very good corner through. He, well, yeah. I don't want to take nothing from Keenan. He posted a plus of 100 quarterback rating. He yeah, did 102.1. Okay. He played yeah. a good game, but he did But make he did mistakes. it with a pick, man. He did it with a he pick. So and what a I want to overthrows. Right. And what, what, what <clears throat> I want to say to that is I'm more so concerned about the turnovers because what I'm saying is like you run balanced game, keep your defense off the field, you can overcome the turnover thing. Okay. Well, not only can you overcome it, but you minimize the opportunity for it. But but again, again, and listen, I can't, we listen, maybe may, you know how sometimes when people get caught doing the shit that they're doing, then they back off of it because they knew it was wrong and they shouldn't have tried to do it. Yeah. Okay. If you make the argument to me that Kevin Stefanski was intentionally trying to make Baker Mayfield look bad, I can't dispute you. Because why would you take a guy with a torn labrum on his off shoulder, which limits his ability to throw effectively to the left and continually bootleg him to the left? I don't know. Well, you know what? The Browns have basically come out and tied him to his next season. He ain't getting rid of him, so he might as well 
play him like he wants to win next year. Okay. You're damn so, skippy. Because if you play another season like this, then well, they might both okay. be gone. And here and here's <laughs> right. my point for Kevin Stefanski. <clears throat> you better play him like you like him. Okay? Because you can like it or not, but if you fail again with Baker, you could be on the way out the door with his ass. Head coaches don't last long in a league when they lose. Ask Brian Flores. Even when they win, they get fired sometimes. That that was crazy. I was not expecting that. That what was in nobody the world was expecting is wrong with them in Miami. Nobody well, wait a minute now. There's a uh I'm gonna I'm since since this has come up and I understand, guys, it's not really Browns, but it is football. And and so just so you know, um this is this is an interesting piece that covers that 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 perfectly, okay? Uh, let me find my sports news here because uh, this was dun, 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 where is it at? Former Dolphins receiver Kenny Stills critical opinion of Brian Flores gives insight into surprise firing. We knew he was trash. Now they want to listen. Okay. When Miami Dolphins fired head coach Brian Flores on Monday morning, the shock around the league was palpable, especially considering the outpouring of support that he had received from his former Dolphin players. With Dolphins' ownership seeming inept at times, this was being chalked up to yet another Miami blunder. Not every single player spoke up for Flores, however, and two of them were former receiver Kenny Stills and current starting quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa was his has infamously had a rocky relationship with Flores, and now details are starting to emerge about why. According to Stills and others involved with the Dolphins, Flores played favorites when it came to players, and Tua was never one of his guys. The tension has only gotten worse between the two, as it had become increasingly clear that Flores was was the driving force behind the Dolphins' odd pursuance of embattled Houston Texans superstar Deshaun Watson. When Flores was let go, Stills took to Twitter and attempted to explain why he, why he would not want to play for Flores again. Respect Flo as a coach? I don't know about that other shit he was on. <laughs> that other shit that Stills is referring to are the rumors that Flores was the one who was having two attested for PEDs multiple times during the season because he didn't believe that his body transformation was natural. <clears throat> now, when your head coach oh, does wow. that shit to you, okay, he wow. wants to get rid of you. Now, it, it appears that the Bears are looking at Flores and want him, okay? So uh, Josh is going to end up with uh, a, a coach. Hope he likes him. Yeah. If, if, but if the coach checks in and says, hey, I want you to go get tested for PEDs, <laughs> I, think, I think you're not on this list. <laughs> but yeah. an interesting, That's an interesting one there. I came up with an interesting uh, take on Browns needing a receiver. And I don't know much about this Calvin Ridley guy in Atlanta, but they're saying that he's going to be available maybe to take Landry's place. All I know is the last Atlanta receiver that got traded to a team so he could improve that team just caught his first fucking touchdown of the season last Sunday. 
That's Julio Julio Jones. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Julio Jones traded to the Tennessee Titans by the Falcons, and he Uh didn't catch his first touchdown of the year until last week. Well, that's just crazy. Well, it's hard for me to imagine that he was a great help to that team, um, and he's only caught his first touchdown in the last week of the season. Yeah. Now, clearly, okay. <clears throat> clearly that can change now, now that now that the quarterback and him have figured out, hey, you can throw me the ball and I can catch it in the end zone and we get a touchdown. Yeah, that's seven points, man. Yeah, Just yeah, let yeah, you know. Dude, that's great, man. Let's do that again. Let's do that again. <laughs> yeah, a few more times, man. Yeah, come on. Yeah, man. come on, man. Okay, so here's here's a um short little list. So if this is what the current rankings for um, receivers going in, into the draft is, okay? Ohio State, Garrett Wilson, six feet tall, 192 pounds is number one. Mm. Jameson Williams, Alabama, 6'2", mm-hmm. 189 pounds is number two. Mm-hmm. Chris Olave, Ohio State, um, 6'1", 188 pounds, number mm-hmm. three. Traylon Burks, that's the one I was talking about. Arkansas, okay, 6'3", 225 pounds. Oh, I like okay. him. He's tight in. This is what I've been saying. I watched this guy a little bit, okay? Um, obviously, because I'm where I am, there's some Arkansas fans. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, and uh, so I got a chance to watch a little bit watching them. He's got some good – they liked him because he had really sure hands from everything I watched. He had really sure hands. Their last game of the season, he had a really big game against Alabama. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Um, um, yeah. This is they obviously did lose. Um, well, it wasn't their last game, but it was one of their last games. But they obviously did lose that game. But he had a really big game against a very good team. Okay, so he's not. He hit something like two shy of two hundred something yards, one hundred ninety something yards receiving in the that's, game. That's really good he's against a good so, a good Bama defense. That and really good size on this guy. He's six. No, no, I like the size. Twenty five. See, see what I know? think we need is a guy that can go up and get it. Right. I yep. don't know that we see Jarvis Landry's not a go up and get it guy. Now, Odell Beckham was known as that, but the connection, for whatever reason, never occurred. Right. Um, by the way, rhetorical question, but is Odell Beckham now, since they didn't make the playoffs based on the fact that Matthew Stafford threw some fucking picks, is he going to just, you know, throw him under the bus now? I know, right? <laughs> hey, we should get him back. We should get him back. <laughs> but um, to continue this list, okay, that's, that's what my that's why I think we should be going. I think he fits a lot size wise and what we need. We need hands. OK, he's got enough speed and he's got size. OK, he's tall and he's got weight to him. You know what I mean? He's there you a go. Yeah. Stout. I mean, stout dude. It's OK. I would love to have I would, you know, somebody like uh, what's his name? Uh, DK Metcalf. I would love to have somebody like that. Yeah. So here we go. We got he's fifth. OK, so. After that, you got Jahan Dotson. That's Penn State. He's 5'11", well, let 184. Me, no, let, me, let me clarify. DK Metcalf, he's not known for his size. He's known for his speed. Dude, this motherfucker. Are you kidding me? Look at his size. With Look at that man with his, with his shirt off and, right, and his that, height. Yeah, and but his he's weight. not exceptionally tall. 
And when you talk about size and receiver, you're talking height. I give a fuck how wide he is. He's at least 6'4", if not 6'5". I don't think so. I'm looking yeah, him up right now. I'm looking him up right now. I think you're. I think you're. I think you're doing doing some drugs. He is six four. No, he's okay. six four. Six four. Two twenty nine. Yeah, he's big dude. But his, yeah. his speed is phenomenal. See, when you're that hot, when you're that big, and you're that fast. So I apologize for saying you're doing drugs. Although I'm pretty sure you are <laughs> for other reasons. Okay, <laughs> I'll um, never tell. But not because of that. <laughs> not because of that. I okay. Just say it. Now to continue the draft. Okay. Um. Obviously, the last receiver I, I mentioned. I don't think that's the route we should go. Five eleven. 184. Now, what I will say, my one of my my favorite receiver of all time is Steve Smith. So I'm not opposed to getting a short guy with girth, though. Okay, you can get a guy like that, but oh, Steve yeah. Smith is an anomaly. You don't see guys. But like if that you all could get a guy that was the next Steve Smith, you'd be oh, a stupid fool not to take him because be Steve, really Smith, stupid Steve Smith, well, he'd make a cut on you. He'd just pick you up and throw you with one arm right. to the side and then exactly. go. And it didn't matter that he was it. short. <clears throat> it didn't matter that he was short. He'd just throw the guy to the side if he needed to. Right. Yeah. So, but to go forward, you have Drake London, USC. He is 6'5, 210. Right. Okay. David yeah. Bell, Purdue, 6'2", 205. George hey, Pickens of Georgia, 6'3", You know the problem with the Browns? What's they'd that? Go, they'd go to get Stephen Smith, and they'd get Stephen A. Smith instead. Stephen A. Smith Yeah, instead. and then you'd say, no, don't, no. no, no. The Georgia <laughs> receiver, this Georgia receiver, real good size on him. That's 6'3", 200, okay? Justin mm. Wal- Ross from Clemson is 6'4", 205. Ooh, they got some big receivers this year. Yeah, so there's... Well, so this yeah. might not be a quarterback class, but it sounds to me that so by the time draft day comes, if you're a team with a need of a wide receiver and you come out of this draft without one, it wasn't, your, it wasn't, it wasn't their fault. It's yours. Now, now, to go on overall rank, okay, on some of these guys, some of the hot spots here because i really do think we because we have a a culmination of different types and we got swartz he's a smaller receiver we don't really need a smaller receiver in my eyes okay because he's our speed guy he's our speed guy right there right um i wish we'd use him i wish we'd i wish we'd actually send him on some go routes every once in a while to catch something okay (laughs) so to highlight the bigger receivers Ohio State's Garrett Wilson will be ranked is ranked number seven right now. Jameson mm-hmm. Wilson, Alabama, is ranked eight. Okay. Okay. Um, Chris Olive, Ohio State, also he's ranked nineteen. But guess Traylon what? Burks. But guess Traylon what that Burks means? Ranked, Any what? of those guys are gonna be there at thirteen. Right. Exactly. Traylon Burks, the one I was just harping on so much. He's twenty one. Jahan Dotson is the short one. He's Any 22. Any number of those guys, if not all Look, of those guys, are going to be there at 13. Right. And some of the bigger size guys are what? 27, 38, 47, 51, 78. The Browns can get a receiver. There's zero excuse the Browns come out of the draft this offseason without a receiver. Well, remember now, we when we're talking to draft need now before Andrew Barry has done any work in free agency. Right. This is true. And again, listen, I I expect I don't 
I don't know what to expect on the subject of Jarvis Landry when it comes to the Browns because I think you keep him. Why? But, but the, the question is, what does Jarvis want to stay? Okay, that's true. Because he's true. a free agent, and he, and the cap hit you take on him that you took on him this year, you know, he's sixteen point five million dollar cap hit for a receiver okay. that's on the high side. Well, then what the Browns are facing, if you if you if you let Landry go, then you're facing this. In now you really one, now you need a one and a two. Now you need a one and a two. So you can go into the draft and, and this is the draft to do it. If you were going to draft two. OK, if you're going to go into and say we're just going to draft a one and a two or a potential one and two. OK, for the future, I, I expect draft the Browns, a one, a potential two. Uh huh. I expect that but, the Browns are I expect that the Browns are going to decide what they're going to do about Jarvis before March hits, before March hits, before free agency opens, because that's when Barry's going to have to act. I don't think you can count on the draft to get your number one and your number two receiver. Okay. So whether you get your one through free agency or your two through free agency matters not to me, but you have the need in Cleveland that you need a one, you need a two because I don't think Schwartz is a legitimate either. And I expect the team to move on from Richard Higgins this year. I just, okay. You think I, so? I can't listen. Nothing has happened with Richard. It's the same thing every year. We start they're out not, Richard's playing every game. Yeah. Richard's playing every game. Then all of a sudden he disappears until the end of the season when nobody's available. And then he comes back, he makes a few catches and you say, why aren't they using this guy? And it's, there's something dude. I don't know what it is. And don't tell me about not going to a public affairs event. Cause if that's what the fucking Browns are hung up on and they're letting that limit, they're playing on the field. That's some stupid shit. Yeah. They're never going anywhere. Yeah. And they're never going anywhere if they keep doing stuff like that. Was uh, it was Jarvis playing injured basically to well, injuries all ribs. year he long? Had cra- pretty he much. had cracked ribs. He had right. cracked ribs oh, yeah. certainly at yeah. one point. And yeah. you know, ribs are what they are, and they're bones, and you're breathing in and out all the time. That shit's hard to heal. Right. Right. Well, yeah. what I will say to this is uh, to the Jarvis Landry thing. If Jarvis goes. Realistically, yes, we could draft a one and two. This is a receiver heavy draft. There's lots of potential. Okay. But what you probably want to do is get a, a veteran that's going to be your one yeah, or two. And I, that's why okay? I, I really would like to see the Browns make a concerted effort to sign Jarvis. Yeah, um, I think that he would work out really well. I think, uh, I think he's he'll one do of the, better than he did this year. I think he's one of the actual emotional anchors of this team. Yep. Yeah. And I think, listen, I think that after we, we got rid of Odell, I I think that affected Jarvis. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's his buddy. Of course it did. Um, I yeah. don't think, I don't think he's down on the Browns and doesn't want to be with us. But trust me, yeah. Jarvis has options. Because Jarvis yeah, is a good player. Yes. Yeah. Jarvis has options. It's, it's actually going to come down to whether Jarvis wants to stay. Okay, because right. he's in the uh, win now part of his his career. This is and, he's still got gas in him. So this and is like this, go this somewhere is where, to win. This is where you're gonna see, you know, because everybody is coming out and saying the right things. Votes of confidence for Baker Mayfield from J.C. Treader and Nick Chubb, right? Right. 
But when you got key players that are in a contract year that have options and they decide to move on, then they have no faith that you're going anywhere. Whether they're right or wrong is irrelevant. Right. Right. But remember, we could never, anytime we had a guy that either played himself to free agency and became a desired character, we drafted him, but he got good. I mean, they don't stay. They don't stay with a losing team. When the Browns were in the middle of going six and 10 and three and 13 and four and 12 and zero Mm -hmm. and 16 and all the shit that they were doing, right? Nobody running around trying to stay. The only guy that kept re-upping with us was Joe Thomas. And everybody's like, yeah, we got the best all, best left tackle in football. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. How many games he win you? I mean, I love Joe Thomas. I wish we had him now. Okay. Yeah. But we wasted every year we had the best tackle <laughs> in football. Yep. He didn't have nobody worth a goddamn to protect. Yep. <laughs> no. That's good. All that's true. That's why I'm saying if you're going into the offseason, this is all mostly on Landry than it more than it is us. We're saying all oh, Browns. Yeah, the Browns can try hard, but it's really up to Landry because Landry's at the time of his career that's in any sport where he's good. Okay, well, But if they're serious he's, about wanting him to keep him, what I'm saying is, is they need to put a legitimate offer on the table. They don't need to lowball Jarvis Landry. Right. No, 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 because he's that. That's what I'm saying. Because he's at a point in time in his career that if 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 he feels it's low balled at all, he can go somewhere to win. He's valuable well, right he, now, now as being a, a veteran take, that's still good, and he can go somewhere and win. He'll give a discount if it's to win. What I'm telling you is Jarvis Landry will probably sign for less than he wants if he feels he can win. Right. If Jarvis Landry leaves because they're not offering enough money, he doesn't think he can win in Cleveland. <clears throat> <clears throat> right. Right. Now, I'm not saying he's right or wrong, but it gives you a flavor for what the perception in the locker room is. Because at the end of the 2020 season, every Cleveland Brown thought we were going to Super Bowl next year. Now, I'm not uh, you know, sure. <laughs> oh, go for it. No. I like I like Jarvis. Um, I just wonder how old is he and is he running out of gas a little bit? Oh, my God. Hell no. If Odell Beckham Jr. is not running out of gas, why is Jarvis? They went to college together, came out at the same time. Yeah, I don't think he's running out of too much gas. I mean, here's my thing. Interesting. I don't know the specifics on the stat, but basically, I was hearing basically a cup um, amounted to having more receptions, yards, and touchdowns than like all of our receiving core almost or something like that. Wow. He's by the way, he's twenty nine wow. years old. Jarvis? Yes. Right. So like I said, I'm not sure on the specific of that stat. Um but I heard it and I was like, oh, that's um pretty messed up. Say it again. What's that is, the stat? Uh, that Cup accounted for more receptions, yards, and touchdowns than our receiving core. Oh, yeah. Just Cooper Cup our alone. Whole, yes. Just Cooper Cup alone. Right. Accounted for more than well, our and, and, and given all the Not time, given but. all the time and effort that we spent on the passing game to the distraction of the running game, 
the fact that you don't have a thousand yard receiver on the fucking roster right is disturbing right right all i think the most of everything we've said here i think what we can all agree on is um and i'm not even saying i do want to say as well i'm not even saying that the receivers we have are bad i just think the totality of what happened with the offense this year and the result of what's happened with the passing game has probably made some because Landry is a very good receiver. He should have been a thousand yard receiver this year. Lots of things got in the way of that. OK. Um, Not but, the least of which was injury. Let's be fair. Yes. And he was injured as well. Right. I mean, it compound with the fact that you got all the other problems. He also missed games. OK. Right. Um, yep. I but, do think uh-huh. we have Schwartz, what you would expect him to develop in is a slot receiver that you can run on a hot route like Deshaun Jackson used to. And yeah, you know what I mean? And he's he still developing. Up I with think a big, he's going to be OK. He comes up with a big play. And you got okay? DPJ who clearly has the potential to be good. Right. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to only get better. Hey, I really, look, I mean, well, I don't know. I think he was better in 2020 than he was in 21. And let me tell you this. Donovan Peoples-Jones didn't have injury on his list for the excuses of his per- performance this year. Right. Well, he did. Yeah, he had some drop balls, ones that were right in did his hands. Some? Some? Know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some? <laughs> yeah, he had some. Yeah. Dude. Dude, but, uh, listen, I, I, there, just, I yeah, can think a, of I can think of at least five occasions and three of them in the same game where they would have been game winners if he'd have caught them. When right. you really look and think of all the adversity, and again, I'm not trying to make excuses here. It sounds like it, but I'm not. When you really look objectively at all the adversity the Browns had to go through this year and then possibly the coach with a sophomore slump and then Baker being injured. I mean, it's just the, it was the perfect storm for this kind of thing to happen. Well, and what it also makes right. What's even harder with it is actually evaluating the players. That's why all this talk about Baker is like, if you're a front office right now, you're like such dreamy eyes. Yeah. Well, (laughs) here's my, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know, right. When their article about him, He's yeah, cute. exactly. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. <laughs> yeah. If you're a front office right now, right? That's why well, we hired him, I know. Seriously, the Browns, if you're a front office of the Browns right now, you're looking, you're like, well, how do we evaluate this? How I'm do you gonna, evaluate I'm, Baker? I'm going to be honest with you. I how get do you nervous. evaluate anything? I get nervous yeah. every time I hear Kevin Stefanski and or Andrew Barry talk. I, I, I have total confidence based on what Andrew Barry's done. In, in the short time he's been the GM of Cleveland in terms of yeah. his drafts and, and you know, <clears throat> free agency moves, right? But the dude yeah. looks like he just got out of fucking college. I mean, just got out. And, and, and it's like, well, no wonder we're having problems. These guys are like in on-the-job training, right? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> no, Andrew, I think we have a hell of I know what you mean, but. Yeah. Kevin, you know, when you hear, listen to Kevin, like you said, Kevin talk and him. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. It's and hard. Kevin's I'm, real. Speaking of dreamy eyes, I should have said shifty eyes. Have you ever noticed when he's eyes. doing this, 
when he's doing his press conferences, he's always looking back and forth and back and forth. He's clearly looking at a screen or something, you know, while right. he's talking to these people. And yeah. he yeah. does, he, he's just always, them eyes are going, man. And I'm like, is that what they call shifty eyes? Is he fucking lying to us now? <laughs> I honestly do expect the Browns to mostly bring everybody back if they can. I think the that's the only the common too, sense move, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Listen, it's too hard to evaluate the team off of this season. Well, not it's only that, many, not only that, this roster will still be stacked if you just keep this team together. Right. Okay. And I understand it's not the same as keeping the Bucks together. You know, after winning a right. Super Bowl, no, absolutely not. Clearly, because they don't have anything. You know, their best accomplishment—they're a year removed from their best accomplishment, right? You know, their most recent is like, God, please don't do that again. You right. know, and you know, so I mean, it's hard if you're the GM, and imagine the conversations that Andrew Barry has to have with Jimmy Haslam on this shit. Right. I, I, cool. I have one question mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and you got to get ready. We got to, it's kind of winding up time, mm-hmm. but yeah. do you think we need a new place kicker? You think we need, uh, need a new uh, field goal kicker? Well, since Cody Parkey's no longer our guy uh, and that other guy they got is it. Look, Yes, he sucks. Our <laughs> kicker sucks. Okay, I mean, I, I, yes, yes, we do. Would I draft a kicker? I don't know. Nah, 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 nah. Well, nah. somebody's got to draft him, Hugh. Come on, yeah, you, now true. there's not a lot. There's not enough kickers to go around, and the ones that are going around ain't good enough. They, that's why they keep going around. Okay. Yep. Yeah. This is yep. It ain't easy. If you got, I don't know why we gave up Cody Parkey, honestly. Well, I think we got rid of Cody Parkey because he was having a drought, wasn't he? A drought is pales in comparison to what this fucking idiot we got kicking balls now has been doing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. He did miss (laughs) an extra point. I mean, multiple extra points this year he missed. Okay. And field yeah. goals, if it was over 35 yards, there was nothing even they're, they're automatic my ass. It was automatic he was going to miss it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah there you go. Anyway. And listen, listen I guess if you keep point, a bad, if, if you keep a bad kicker on your roster, nobody's mad at you when you go for it on fourth down. Yeah. But unless you don't make okay. it and see and, uh-huh. and, and, and listen. I, I just I just know that if they're going to do their due diligence and go through every game this season and do the what went wrong, not just with execution of the plays called, let's talk about the play called down distance situation. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, not going to come out of that and say, yeah, let's do the same shit next year. Yeah, no, if they do this, just if they do anyway, if they do, we're screwed. I think we got a lot of uh, good things to look forward to off season and next season. I think that this was uh, just a bad anomaly. I think mm, it's it was bad. Whether it's an anomaly or not, my, my, yeah, I was about to say I don't know about anomaly. Whether it's an anomaly or not is going to depend directly on what they do this off season to fix it. 
Because yeah. it could yeah, be the new can't. normal. It could be the new normal if, see, if all they do is double down and don't really make any changes. Now, I'm not talking about personnel changes, but man, you there needs to be something substantive different about what's going on in Cleveland or you got the same problem going to happen again if a little adversity kicks in. And guess what? This is the NFL. This is parody. This is, is adversity. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Come on, look well, at look at look at what happened. Okay. Now, I I don't expect the Chargers to do anything, but you know how good the Chargers were this year. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stupid ass fucking head coach with 35 seconds on the fucking clock. Why did he call a timeout? I I was just talking about that today. I got it. I was like, now that that is gonna. That's probably the silliest thing. Got to go down. It's the silliest thing. Well, they, you know, they the Chargers killed themselves, man. Well, with but, but that's and, what I'm saying. No, wait, no. Yeah. But what the char- Listen, the bottom line is the Raiders were gonna go for the tie. Had the, the char- tie They had the no. Playoffs. They had no timeouts, and there was 35 seconds on the clock. They were not in field goal range. Okay. Right. Right. Chargers coach calls the timeouts. They decided, well, let's go for the first down and they get it. Then they kick the winning field goal. The Chargers mm-hmm. coach mm-hmm. gave that to him. Right. Yep. He, had he just, if not he had called not called it, the timeout, tie. that yeah. game would have gone down in a tie and Ben and Roethlisberger and the Steelers are going to be, you got to fucking be kidding me. That's what the Steelers would have been doing. You're fucking yeah, kidding yeah. me. The only thing I had to worry about was that the Raiders Chargers game doesn't end in a tie. Okay. Just- yeah. It's like, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> well, it's almost, well, it's even worse than it wasn't meant to be. If you're sitting there and you're a coach, right? I'm just going to be honest. If you're a coach, right? And you're sitting there and you're the Raiders. Okay. Um, or you're the Chargers, right? Even if you, I mean, you're Raiders, you're like, well, why risk me? Why risk doing anything? We got no timeouts. We'll let this run out. Okay, we make the playoffs. We're we're here to make the playoffs. We're our position is no different. Okay, we make the playoffs. It's going to be a tie. That's all we need. Okay, you the Chargers. You take the timeout and then they score. For why would you do that though? You have yeah. to know just like everybody else that a tie gets it right. Yeah, because see, in a tie, hey. in a tie, in a tie game, both of those teams <clears throat> went to the playoffs. All right, the Steelers stay home. Right, uh, fucking charged, but you know what? Hey. Hold on, you know what? Hey. I, I but you know what? But you know what? I think that that damn head coach in fucking San Diego deserves it because he's a cocky son of a bitch who has made some very declarative statements about his quarterback and other shit, okay, throughout the season in post-game press conferences, and I think he needs to sit his little ass home and uh, think about it for a while. Yeah. So on a, on a uh, website, two B, uh, CBS, two, it's uh, two CBS Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger on Chiefs game. We don't have a chance, so let's just go play and have fun. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're the Steelers, that's the only way you can go into that game. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to go beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Well, and you might, yeah. but you ain't, you ain't going to do it if you're going to run around talking about how you're going to do it. I can tell you that. Now, I will say this, though. 
this is the only thing I'm going to say. If the Raiders put a tie in that game, okay, I'd be interested. I'd have to look it up and, and, and try to decipher who they play. But would their matchup be better um, if the Steelers weren't in the playoffs and the Chargers were? You know what I mean? Because oh, they're yeah. playing the Bengals now. Um, we who's, almost beat who's them. playing the Bengals now. The Ch- the Raiders are going to be playing the Bengals. Oh yeah, no, the Raiders <laughs> would have a a much uh, worse. They'd be playing. It wouldn't be the Bengals. It'd be the Chiefs. See, so then it made sense for them to do exactly what they did. Well, right. The, 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 no, the, the only reason they were going for the tie because <laughs> they had no timeouts. And there was only 35 seconds on the clock. And based on their position on the field, they didn't have a reasonable scenario that got them there. But right. when homeboy calls the timeout, they that's the clock stoppage they needed. Yeah, that's now just... they can draw a play up. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, before that game, you have to, you have to believe the coaching staff has to sit there and go through all their possibilities and stuff and go, Look, this ends in a tie. We're in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, just yeah, and, and the Chargers had only a tie or a win was the only way they were in, and there was it was clear with them not having the ball. Okay, that the win was out of their control, right? But. They could have forced a tie. <laughs> Crazy stuff. It's yeah. the stupidest shit in the world. Dude, but, uh, there's no way it should have come down to that, though. They, the penalties were ridiculous. Oh my well, God. hey, you know, <clears throat> I'm just saying, look, undisciplined play in the secondary seems to be a theme in football, and I think we're going to see it throughout the playoffs. Dumbass yeah, cornerbacks costing their team. <laughs> well, because they can say everything they want about a point of interest this year is offensive pass interference. Well, they might be interested in it, but they don't throw flags on it. No, they don't. <laughs> we know that. No. Yeah. Oh, oh, do we know that? <laughs> Wait, no. the Brown. Hey, the Browns are very aware when officiating is mediocre, that's well, for sure. They let, I'll just say this. They throw them on the Browns. They throw them on the Browns. <laughs> but nobody else. Okay. Well, they let one of our receivers push off. Oh, yeah. They're going to throw that. Yeah, oh, it's like, yeah. he got open. We know he can't get open. So anyway, a um, little, little more housekeeping before I play the music and walk us out the door, okay? Um, and that is that, you know, we're going into the off season, guys. And I don't think every week is justified. But what do you guys want to do? Do you want to do every other week or do you want to do once a month? TBF, a Browns fan podcast. What's our off-season schedule, boys? Um, I think, uh, honestly, I think we should do once a month until okay. we know it. The draft. Until, right. Until it, well, until it starts speeding up a little, you know. Okay. All right. With, well, yeah. Unless there's some news. Yeah. Unless there's some breaking news. Oh, yeah. If we got breaking news, like, say, if the Browns 
trade for OBJ or something of that caliber. I doubt they'll trade to get mm-hmm. OBJ back. Okay. And and I'll be serious. Yeah. If you if you go football offseason, especially up until you get to the draft, mm-hmm. unless you're a big market team with something controversial going on, you usually don't have a hell of a lot to talk about. To do right. Once a month would give you like a big plate to talk yeah, about. Yeah, then we we'd have, well, they did this, they did this, and then now uh, how about this shit here? And I saw this and yeah, all that. Right. Now so anyway, after the draft, you get that pickup. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're gonna we're gonna slide on out the door, boys, because this one's done. Another season in the can for the Browns. And uh, first season in the can for TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Oh, we're going to get better next year, too. I hope. I hope. hope <laughs> Maybe we'll draft a host. They got any hosts? <laughs> anyway, but, uh, you know, in the meantime, in the in-between time, and what time is that? Fuck if I know, man. A couple weeks, months, maybe. You just keep your eye on the damn thing, okay? And we'll have an episode out. Subscribe, baby. Subscribe. But this is Paul, Jeff, and Hugh for TBF, a Browns fans podcast saying we're out. This has been a Basement Tapes production. Yeah.